Welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, there are no shortage of topics to discuss when it comes to weather here. As we get into the week ahead, we've seen pretty substantial rainfall in many areas here over the weekend. And now we're going to be talking about more heat working its way back into the Corn Belt. Here to talk about things with us, we welcome in our good friend Eric Snodgrass with Nutrient Ag Solutions joining us here today. Eric, thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you had a good weekend and uh, hopefully it wasn't uh, rained out in your neck of the woods. I know we've seen some pretty good rainfall totals here over the last couple of days, Eric. Yeah, and with some of that rain, we've seen some pretty nasty weather too. So there's been a lot of, of severe weather this year. In fact, I was just looking at the stats this morning. We're well above average on tornado reports, hail reports, and wind. So our three main categories in this past weekend certainly uh, you know, shoveled out some more pretty nasty storm activity. But it, it, we've seen rain, and that's just been it. The ridge in Texas uh, has provided better flow on the northern side of it. And so you just look at this map of the last 72 hours, and parts of the Dakotas, Minnesota have gotten rain, parts of Missouri, which needed it, Illinois got it. And the, the hole in this map I think that we all need to look at is that one that's in Iowa. So if you're looking at the Corn Belt, this corner of Iowa, this northwest corner of Iowa is desperate for rain. And that's why the system this morning that we're watching, which is trying to slide through Wisconsin, is critical. It's kind of hitting an area that has been long missed by precipitation. And we need that rain coming into that area because of the heat that's about to build into this pattern. So, yeah, it's what a turn, right? I mean, we mm -hmm. go back to May and June. It was so incredibly dry, although not hot. We had one episode of extreme heat in the Corn Belt at the end of July. All the heat's been way down south into Texas or in the west. The storm pattern has just gotten going. Uh, and I'll tell you, my neck of the woods over my part of Illinois, we have seen the crop just completely be revived. I did a field tour last week in Indiana. I was amazed at what I saw in Indiana. Went down to Kentucky, Tennessee, still was impressed with what I saw down there. But we've got some holes that need filled in. And one of those is getting filled in today in Wisconsin. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, we were chatting before we went on the air. Wisconsin has really been in desperate need of some of that rainfall. And just with this system kind of spinning and working its way through there as we kick off the week, that is that is huge, Eric. I, I'd have to think that is huge for a lot of farmers there throughout uh, southern and central Wisconsin. It is. And we're also going to get more storms out of that same system in the eastern Corn Belt and eastern Great Lakes, too. And we might even get it all the way over to the Carolinas. Uh, there's a pocket in North Carolina, which grows a lot of corn, a lot of soybeans. They double crop there and uh, they need to get rain into that spot as well. So mm -hmm. are we going to get enough to kind of uh, put a decent sized Band-Aid on things as we endure some heat? That's going to be the big question for a lot of folks because it is going to get steamy and hot by the end of this week. Well, let's talk about that a little bit as we're going to see more heat come back into our forecast. And I'll pull this map up on our uh, video feed as well. And you could talk about this a little bit. Very uh, interesting uh, slideshow that you shared with me. And just walk us through, you know, where's this heat ridge going to set up? How long is it going to last? What are we looking at, Eric? Yeah, so we've been fortunate for the last, I don't know, gosh, since early July of having deep troughs of low pressure that have been over the Aleutian Islands. So just think about this. You put a big low over the Aleutian Islands, you have a ridge over the west, a ridge over the south. We have a trough that's over the Great Lakes, and that's what's helped kick this pattern up. Well, that's gone. Well, let me rephrase that. That's going to be gone by about Wednesday. And when it leaves, that gives us a deadline on when the lower pressure and the cooler weather is going to leave in the Midwest. So that means that by this weekend, we're going to have a massive ridge that sets up and it's bullseyed right on Illinois, Iowa, and Missouri. Now in atmospheric sciences, 
first thing we teach kids about is the flow of the atmosphere, troughs and ridges. We just have mm-hmm. to establish that because that's how they start to learn how precipitation patterns and temperature patterns come about. All right. We often tell them that if you ever see a ridge where the height of the ridge is above 6,000 meters, that's huge. And they tend to get stuck and they tend to really bring in a lot of heat. And the map I've been talking over here is suggesting that right over Iowa, Illinois, and, uh, and, and Missouri, we're going to get that. So that means that someone's going to launch a weather balloon in those states. And the first time that it measures a pressure below 500 millibars will be, that's half the thickness of the atmosphere, will be 6,000 meters up. And you only get the atmosphere to expand like that if there's heat. So if that heat comes in, we're going to be talking about pushing way into the 90s, possibly some places in the triple digits. And it's just, we're thankful that it rained. But I always, I don't know the answer to this, Jesse, but you're going to put some heat onto that wet crop and it's going to get steamy and it's going to get uh, kind of gross in a lot of areas because we are saturated right now. But that's going to give us a long stretch of hot and dry weather that's going to start late this week while the West cools off. It gets really stormy in the West. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and by the way, how long does all of this last? I have no idea. Uh, I've looked out there. I've seen indications it could go back to the Southwest as soon as uh, the variant of, of the month. I've also seen indications that it might get stuck. So I am uncertain about all of it. And then to be honest with you, Jesse, you've got to throw in the wild card, which is the tropics are finally yeah. starting to get active. So what if you have a tropical system sneak in here? This is a very low predictability time of year. And I was just going to say, I would have to think that with some of that low predictability here, looking at the tropics is, is something that if this heat tries to stick around for an extended period, that could maybe be our saving grace, potentially, Eric. It could. Um, you Getting a nice big hurricane <laughs> to wipe out a ridge. Uh, sure, bring it on. Uh, in fact, I to tell you something. There's a lot of folks in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas that would just no damage, no flooding, just a slow mover it comes in and brings you four or five inches of rain over a two day time period that would help really with the tremendous drought that's been in the South as of late. But again, uh, I, you know, we might be wishing for that to break the drought, but the problem is, is getting all that rain in now on a cotton crop or on, on where some of the crop is down there, maybe not the best situation, but I'll tell you the tropics are getting going. The Atlantic is hot. Of course, we watched this the absolutely devastating news last week of what Hurricane Dora's northern side did to Hawaii. We continue to get terrible reports from that. But Dora is now a, the responsibility of the Japanese. It crossed the uh, international dateline, and it's still out there cranking away. So uh, amazing to watch what the atmosphere has been capable of doing this particular summer. It's been a wild one. It has been a wild one. Well, of course, El Nino has been a big part of that, Eric. Yeah. Where do we stand with El Nino right now? Have we seen that shift? Are we still in a holding pattern here and kind of neutral? Where are we at right now? So, no, no longer neutral. We've got a westerly wind burst. That's a characteristic of, of an El Nino. So that's trade winds across the Equator Pacific, not going in their typical direction. We then add to that that the MJO is in the Pacific. We add to that the fact that the Southern Oscillation Index is really negative, minus 13. And that is nerd speak for the atmosphere's shifting away from something that it's been doing for three years, it's now finally kind of committing to the El Nino pattern. So while I don't have a lot of confidence in what I think is gonna happen in from now for the next, let's call it 30 days, if El Nino takes over, my confidence begins to build in winter, which means wet and cool south, drier but warmer north. Well, as always, great insight. We appreciate it. You can learn more ag-wx.com with that Eric Snodgrass with Nutrient Ag Solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, see you, Jesse.
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.